Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for the time of worship that we've had. Lord, a time that we've had to just draw close to you. And God, you are truly, you are truly all that we need. Through your son, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice that was made through him. God, for your glory. Lord, that is all that we need. As we look at our lives and we see the things that we want and we desire and the things that we long after, Lord, help us to see what we truly need. And what we truly need is you. A deeper, more intimate relationship with you, more understanding about who you are and how you've revealed yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, how we can glorify your name with our lives. God, how we can reach other people. God, for the glory of your kingdom. God, show us these things. Show us these things that we really need, not the things that we distract ourselves with every day. God, show us, Lord, how we can seek your kingdom, to seek your face, Lord, and to seek your will for our lives. God, I pray right now as we look at your word, Lord, that you would change us forever through it, and Lord, you'd reveal yourself to us in a simple but profound way that we can understand and we can grab a hold of and we can use to, to, Lord, pursue you more deeply, because that is what we truly need. I'm asking for that in the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. You can be seated. So tonight we wrap up our, our series on Philippians. We've been in this series in Philippians for a few weeks now. Uh, I am so grateful that while I'm gone, we have people that can step up and they can share God's Word with you and they can uh, just share their testimony with you sometimes and it's a combination of those things and we have people that can step up and do that stuff while I'm absent. I was gone on vacation. I actually went on a Disney cruise. Yes, I did go on a Disney, Disney cruise. Uh, I'm wearing my Disney cruise shirt, as a matter of fact, uh, today kind of representing the Disney cruise. Um, it is a nice place to go, <laughs> to go on a Disney cruise. And we went for seven days. And uh, for all of you that are saying, oh, wow, he's living a very extravagant lifestyle. Um, we had planned a, a Disney cruise uh, 10 years ago, but we weren't able to go because my daughter got sick. She had cancer, and we weren't able to go. Um, so we went on a Disney cruise. Uh, Cassie and I talked about it, and we said that Kenneth would want us to go on a Disney cruise, even though she didn't get to go. She got sick in the middle of us uh, planning a Disney cruise. Uh, it's, a very, it's a very lavish lifestyle for a few days. It really is. Uh, I, I, I remember distinctly uh, when we got off the ship and we were in the Air, Orlando airport to go back home, we went to a restaurant in, in the Orlando airport, and when they set our plates down, they didn't turn them the right way. You know, I was used to on the cruise... Uh, the guy, when he put my plate down, he would turn it so all the fancy little drizzle stuff that he put on the plate was turned the right way so that, you know, that, that all the, the Mickey heads lined up the right direction when I looked at the plate. I was used to that, you know. I was used to somebody coming and picking up the right fork because I always use the wrong fork, coming up and picking up the right fork and putting it on my plate and, and doing all the stuff for me. I, I was used to that. I was used to when, when the guy would come and fill up our glasses that, that he was always so cordial, and he would gently come up around us and just reach over just a little bit behind us to not interfere with our meal or our conversation at all. I was used to that. The lady at, at the, the restaurant we ate at, the Orlando Airport, man, she just reached across the table, picked up the glass by the rim, you know, just like that. You, don't you love it when they do that, right? 
my fingers right over the whole rim of the glass. Ah, I'll give you some more water here. Can I have a straw, please? Um, but anyway, so uh, <laughs> I had gotten really used to this, this lavish lifestyle on the Disney cruise, and I came back to reality, and, and, and I'm like, okay, this, this is not what I've been used to for seven days. Um, but, but tonight we're talking about being content, and, and, and this is a very famous passage. Uh, everybody knows this passage, and everybody's probably misused it at some point in the past. Tonight is really about being content. It, it really is. And Paul says, whether I have a lot or a little, I have found contentment in Jesus Christ. This is what I can tell you. I have gone from one extreme to the other in a very short period of time. Uh, we were on a Disney cruise, and things were going great and wonderful, and, and I kept thinking about how much I miss this place, and I miss being with you guys. Not that I have to stand up here and preach and all that. That's not necessarily what I miss. What I miss most of all was just you, just being around you and the encouragement that you give and just the, the vibe that you guys put off, and, and just it, it's a loving atmosphere, and I, I miss that. I miss that. I really did, and, and we were in this lifestyle where we had a lot, and I missed that. And, and then today is kind of on the flip side where I feel like I have very little because today's the ninth anniversary of Kenneth's death. Kenneth passed away nine years ago today, and it's, I feel like I have very little today. I feel empty. I feel weak. I feel, you know, just sucked dry, if you will. And you know what I was looking forward to was being here with you guys and looking at God's Word and being able to worship Jesus Christ and the comfort and the, the security of other believers that are worshiping the same God that I worship. And, and man, whether I had a lot or I had a little, I, I just desired Jesus Christ and, and the fellowship of other believers. And I can tell you that, that I believe that, 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 that what we get wrapped up in so many times is just seeking so many other things that we think are going to give us the fulfillment that we really desire, the emptiness that's in our heart. The, and, and, and look, I know we got to have food on the table. I got that, all right? I got, I got that we got to have food on the table and we got to have some way to get to and from where I got that. But don't we spend a whole lot of time trying to go above and beyond and seek a lot more than what we need. When you look at what you really need, one of the greatest benefits of being a pastor, one of the greatest benefits of being a pastor is the encouragement I get from believers, from people within the congregation, from people that come and visit, the encouragement that I get. And because there's some days when it gets really difficult being a pastor. It really is. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things that have to be fixed, a lot of things that, that we need this, we need that, and, and there's, we need to go on this trip and all this kind of stuff. And there's a lot of responsibility there, and some days it gets very difficult, to be honest with you. But there is such encouragement that comes from you guys, and, and Paul talks about that encouragement here a little bit in, in Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 10. It says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I had learned how to be content with whatever I had. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, 
For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So this is a passage that people like to put on placards and they like to, to put anywhere and everywhere. And, and I, I'm not saying it's bad necessarily to, to use this verse to apply to, to many different things. I'm not saying that. But I think that we need to understand the context of what Paul is saying here. Now think about the fact that we talked about he, he's in a prison chained to a Roman soldier. He barely can communicate with anybody. There are a few people that come to visit him or bring him gifts, but really it's just the people that, that can get in there to see him. Uh, he, like I say, he's, he's, he's on his way uh, to, to Nero to be judged, to see what's going to happen with him, if he's going to live or die. And he's, he's chained to a Roman soldier, and things are not going very well in his life. And I, I believe the indication here is probably that that, that there are many times where he doesn't even have enough food to fill up his stomach so that he's not hungry. He said, I've been on both ends of the extreme. I, I, I've been where I've had plenty to eat and where I've had little to eat. He said, and I have learned how to be content in both situations. Now, for us, I worry sometimes that we lack contentment. That we lack truly being content in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone. We, we sang a song just now, and, and I didn't coordinate with Valley on the song selection or any of that kind of stuff, but Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus, you are my strength, is basically what Paul is saying here. I, I, I find my strength, my abundance, my contentment in Christ and Christ alone. That all the other stuff doesn't really matter. But so many times in our life, we make a big deal out of the other stuff, and Christ is just like the icing on top of the cake or the cherry on top of the sundae. It's like, well, everything's going good, and i got everything that I need, and I just put a little Jesus on top, and then everything will be even better. And Paul says, none of the other stuff really matters. What matters most is Jesus Christ, and that's where you find your strength and your contentment. And if you get to that point, then you don't worry about whether or not your stomach is full or not. He says, that's where it all comes from. It's in the strength of Christ and Christ alone. But people use this verse out of context. This, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can score a touchdown. I can shoot a three-pointer. I can whatever, you know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is Christ really strengthening you? So that you can score a touchdown or you can score a three-point shot at the buzzer? I mean, is that really what's going on here? How short-sighted would that be of God? You know? Like, in order for you to be content and for you to have real joy and real happiness, I'm going to let you hit this three-pointer. Is that really going to give you lasting joy, lasting contentment in your life to be able to do something as menial as that? Or even in our jobs, man. You get a raise, you get a promotion. I've recently been there, done that. How long does that last? How long does that last when you get that raise or that promotion that you're like, man, yes, that is phenomenal. I got a pay raise, and that pay raise lasts what? About two, two and a half weeks maybe? And then you just absorb that into the rest of your income, and it doesn't really even make a difference at the end of the month? There are a thousand adults in here smiling right now. And that's for people listening to the podcast. There are a thousand adults in here smiling at that statement. That's what really happens. I mean, how short-sighted would it be of God for that to be the real kind of contentment that you get? 
No, man. No, man. Jesus wants to be everything to you. Uh, we had Matthew Nunley come and speak here. It wasn't in this building. It's her old building. And, and he was talking about, he was talking about when he talks to people about drinking alcohol or, 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 or drugs or anything like that. And he said, he said why, why, do you, why do you drink alcohol when you come home after a long day? And he said, this guy, he was giving an example. He said, this guy said, so, you know, I just want to be able to relax. I just want to be able to just chill out and, and like, just cool down and just relax for a minute. That's the reason I drink a beer or take a shot of whatever. And, and, and Matthew said to him, he said, don't you think God wants to be that for you? Don't, don't you think God wants to, to be that place that you can go to find peace and relax and be able to relax? Don't, don't, you, want, don't you think God wants to be that for you instead of a bottle? Don't you think that that's where Jesus wants his place to be in your life so you don't have to find it someplace else? People ask me all the time, well, I don't drink, and the answer I give is pretty simple. I don't need it. I don't need it. When we were uh, immediately after Kenneth had passed away, you know, things were stressful, and people asked well, are you taking something? Are you taking some medication to help you relax, help you to calm down, help you to sleep? And I said, no, we don't need that. We have Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that because you take medication and you need medication that there's something wrong with you, that Jesus Christ can't be that for you. God gave us doctors. He gave us medicine. Some of us need medicine. That's that's proven. We know that. God wants us to use those doctors, wants us to be able to take it. But I think that we take it to an unhealthy level. I think that we take it to a level where, where God never intended it for us, for us to go with it. That's why you see things like alcohol and drug abuse. It's a result of man taking things to an extent that it was never intended to be taken by God. I believe Christ wants to be that for us. He says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave financial help when I was first brought to you the good news and then traveled from, on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent people, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. He, he's talking to the Philippian church and he's telling them what an encouragement you have been. When nobody else would help, you guys were there to help me. You would send me financial gifts if that's what I needed to continue on my missionary journey to share the gospel of Christ. You were there when nobody else would be and I am thankful to you for that. Let me just take a moment to say that I am incredibly thankful to you guys for how you encourage me as your pastor you you support me and, and and even though you know in this church we set it up in a way such that I don't receive a salary from the church and I am thankful for that I, I praise God that he has blessed me and supplied me with more than I need so that I don't have to have a salary from the church we can continue to use that money for the gospel of Jesus Christ instead of paying me okay I am incredibly thankful for that there may be, come a time at some point in the future where I don't have a job and, and I may need a salary. I don't know, but I'm incredibly thankful for the way God has set things up right now so that I don't have to 
have a salary from the church. I'm, I'm extremely, extremely thankful for that. But I get so much encouragement from you guys. The love and support that you've shown me, the, the way that you come faithfully and, and you're a part of the events that we do and the mission work that we do, it, it's so encouraging me, for me to see that. I, I got a, uh, a letter on Sunday, and I'm, the writer of this letter will re- remain anonymous, but I want to share this with you because I told you that being a pastor gets hard. And every Sunday I told you I go through this whole deal, well, God, I'm not going to do a good job today and I feel like I'm going to fail you and there's no way this message is going to come out right and all this kind of over and over stuff I do every Sunday, right? So this is at the, the end of the day on Sunday. This is what I got. Dear Mr. Kenny, obviously this was a younger person. To start off this letter, I'm going to say thank you for being my pastor. Mr. Kenny, you've brought God's word to me And it has changed my life. I used to think that I was worthless and no good. And I had family problems and I didn't know how to fix them. Until I came to Simple Church. Simple Church has changed my life and my family's life forever. Thank you for following God. Because if you hadn't, I don't know where I would be and where my family would be. The best part, the best part is the P.S. I got a P.S. in my letter. Reach, teach, serve. God made it all happen. At the end of this little letter... We really got to the nitty-gritty of it, and that's that God made it all happen. Yes, He uses us in our obedience to Him, but God made it all happen. And when Paul talks right here about the gifts that he receives, I want you to look closely at what he says. He says, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. That's where a pastor gets his joy. It's when the the, the people give, not so that he can receive, but so that God can get the glory and they can store up treasure in heaven. He says, the gifts that you've given, I want you to receive the reward for it. I want you to receive the treasure stored up in heaven for the gifts that you have given. He says, says, I get my joy out of seeing you get the reward. That's the same thing with God's Word. I get my joy by seeing you being changed by God's Word. By God shaping and forming your families, your lives, your friendships, everything around you. That's the greatest reward I get by seeing you giving and you receiving the reward for it. I just happen to be the middleman. I just happen to be the middleman that gets to watch it all. I see the expressions on your face when you're out there listening, and I can literally see the Word of God changing your life as it happens. I see people shaking sometimes because they're so filled with conviction of the Holy Spirit that God is moving on them and showing them something that they need to work on or deal with in their life, and they're afraid to, and they're scared out of their minds, and they don't know what's going on, and I see them literally shaking. And then I see people. They say, enough's enough. 
And they said, I got to come down here and God has to own this. And if I keep trying to own it, nothing's going to happen. But if God owns it, everything will happen. And I see that transformation that happens, that they receive because they've given. And I'm like, man, what joy it is. What joy it is. He says, at the moment, I have all I need. He goes on to say it again. I have all that I need and more. And I, I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which, you have, been given, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He says, the gifts that you've given, the, the ones that were passed on to me through Epaphroditus, he says, I want you to know that they were given, out of, they were given sacrificially by you. And, and when you give, li listen, here, here's, here's something that, that we, we forget sometimes. We give. We give because we think we're checking a box. We think that we're supposed to. We say, yep, I gave. Yep, gave, 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 I gave. Good, all right. Good God, I did my duty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Right? I did, my, I did my job. I gave. We never give sacrificially. We never give sacrificially. I am not just talking about your money. As a matter of fact, I had rather you see I see you give sacrificially of your time and your abilities for the kingdom of God than I had see you give your money. God's going to supply us financially. And we're going to keep going as long as God sees fit to keep us going. But we need people to do the work. The harvest is plentiful, but the, rich, the, the, the workers are few. There's few people that are willing to do the work. I more often see people give sacrificially when it comes to their checkbook than when it comes to their time and their abilities for Christ because that is the easy way. Kenny, you want me to give up my time, my efforts, use the things that God has given me the abilities to do for God's kingdom? Are you serious? This is crazy talk. When the Philippian church gave to Paul, they gave sacrificially for the kingdom of God. Let's go on. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Jesus Christ. The brothers who are with me, who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I love a good ending. I love a good ending. And Paul gives us the best ending here. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he, he's still in prison. He's still chained to a Roman soldier. He may or may not have anything to eat. We know that the Philippian church is encouraging him by giving him gifts and, and, and trying to keep him going. We, we got that, and it, maybe that's a good ending. Uh, but, but he still may be condemned to death when he goes and stands before Nero. Maybe he'll actually be condemned to die as a result of his faith. 
Where is the happy ending in that? That doesn't sound like a happy ending. And Paul gives us a super duper happy, happy ending right here. And I don't know if you see it or not. But he gives them just a little smirk. And I love, I love the God winks that are in the Bible. And this is, this, is, this is Paul smirking. This is the Philippian church smirking as they read this last line. And look at what he says. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. Especially those in Caesar's household. Who is Caesar's household? That's the guards that are chained to Paul. That's the guards that are standing outside the door that can hear him while he's speaking. That's the guards that come in and, and, and give him food to eat. You know what he's doing? He's telling them about the grace of God. He's telling them about God's goodness. He's telling them about God's kingdom. He's telling them about the love of Jesus Christ. These people that have him in chains and they're responsible for him being bound up and hungry. He's telling them about Jesus and the goodness that exists in Jesus Christ. And the Philippian church read that and they go, ha! It's working. The gifts that we're giving, the money that we're sending sacrificially as we're giving of ourselves, it's working. It's reaching the, the house of Caesar. The people that hate us and want to kill us, it's working. It's working. He's still continuing on for the kingdom. He's bound. He's in chains. He's on the verge of death. He's hungry. He says, I got all that I need. Because he has Jesus Christ. He has Jesus Christ. And, and in our weakness, in our weakness, God's love, God's strength, God's ability is made perfect in us. When they look at a weak and feeble Paul bound up in chains, chained to a Roman soldier, and he is full of contentment, he is full of this exuberance of, of how good God is and telling them, look, man, this God that I serve, he's amazing, he's loving, he, he, he's full of good gifts, he's full of power and strength. And then, but you're, you're chained to another man. You're stuck in house arrest. You barely have any food. What are you talking about, man? He says exactly what I'm talking about. Man, he is so good. Jesus Christ is all that I need. He is the source of my strength. He is the source of everything that I need. And I am completely content sitting here, chained to you, telling you about how good God is. How much time do we waste worrying about things that aren't of God, trying to fulfill the emptiness that's in us, trying to fill our stomachs with things that won't last We'll be hungry for again in just a few hours when we need to be full of one thing, one thing, putting our efforts towards one thing. And that one thing is Jesus Christ. We need to give sacrificially of our money, our times, our efforts, our abilities. We need to continue to give and to give and to give because it doesn't matter what we have because all that we need is Jesus and all everybody else needs is Jesus. And if we continue to give, they'll see how we give sacrificially and they'll want to give themselves because other people need to have this hope. It's the only thing that can fill them up. And if it's the only thing that fills up, uh, us up, we've got to tell other people it's the only thing that will fill them up. And the Philippian church they read this letter from Paul and they said, it's working. It's working. What about us? I know life gets hard. And there are 
dates that roll around the calendar and they bring us down, right? It hurts. It's painful. Once we've lost people we loved, things happen in life. We lose jobs. We have family members, friends, whatever, that walk out on us, stab us in the back, all that stuff. And we, we chase after those things to try to get them back, don't we? We, 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 we do everything. that we, we give up anything, man, to have those things back. But what do we give? What, what do we give for the kind of contentment that Jesus Christ and Christ alone can provide us? What do we give up there? Is it a little or is it a lot? Is Jesus Christ all that you need? Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the testimony of Paul and thank you for the fact that he was starving. Thank you for the fact that he was chained to a Roman soldier and that he didn't know what the next days would hold or if he would lose his life within the next few days because he had the contentment that only you can provide. He found peace and solace in you and in you alone. And because of that testimony, we can read these words, God, and we can look at our own lives and look at the places that we're looking for contentment, looking to try to find peace, and we can all say that they do not matter. That Christ and Christ alone is the only place that we can find what we need. Jesus Christ, you are all that we need. Thank you, God, for the Philippian church that gave sacrificially and the reward that they received, God, because they gave and they gave and they gave for your kingdom and your kingdom alone. They were a poor church. Where they were and the conditions, they were a poor church. We know that, Lord. But that didn't stop them from giving. They gave all that they could give. God, I pray that we'd be a people like that. We would so chase after you that we would get everything. God, to just have more of a taste of you and we'd be able to reach more and more people for your glory. God, thank you for the peace and the contentment that only you can provide. God, as we respond to you now, as you speak to our hearts and show us the things that we're chasing after, God, I pray, Lord, that we would sacrifice those things and we'd lay them down at your altars. That it don't matter, God. All I need is you, Jesus Christ. You're the only one that can give me what I need. Father, thank you for changing people's lives with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone please stand?
throw you guys off too bad if I asked you to play you're all I need Jesus you're all I need could you do that again healer, healer yes sorry that's the name of the song um, there's one thing that I felt like that I did when it comes to my daughter's life um, that I, I, I'm constantly reminded of, and it, it happens either on her birthday or the anniversary of her death, but I held on too tightly. I held on to her too tightly. I, I, I begged God and begged God and begged God for Him to give me the answer that I wanted. And that was, that was for healing for her on this earth. That was what I wanted. 
I think that we hold on too tightly sometimes to the things that we want and we want alone. And we need to recognize that Jesus Christ, being the healer that he is, he knows exactly what needs to happen and how his glory needs to fall and the things that need to be orchestrated in our lives for him to get glory. And we have to be okay with that. And sometimes we hang on too tight. I can remember distinctly where I was when I had to say, Jesus, God, if you have to take her life for you to get glory, God, that's what I pray for. I can remember being distinctly, I was in the loop over here at, at the exchange. I, I was between Olive Garden and Longhorn on the road when I said, God, your will be done. If her life is to end for you to get glory, then God, I pray, I pray that you get glory from her life. Is there anything in your life that you're holding on to tightly? You're not willing to sacrifice or give up or say, God, you own this. You had it from the very beginning. Is there anything in your life that you've just got a grip on that you won't let go of? I promise you, if you let go, I promise you, God will give you the peace and the healing that you need no matter what the end result is. Father God, it's hard to let go to the things and the people that we love. The, the, the things that are so dear to us. God, we want to hang on to them. But Lord, I know that true peace and true contentment comes from, from recognizing that you, the God of glory, God, you are in control of every single thing that happens in our life. And, and God, you know what's best and, and you know what the outcome is supposed to be. So. Lord, I just pray that, that, that the things that we struggle with and, and we hold on to too tightly, God, that we would just let them go. God, that we would put them completely into your hands. And we say, God, you are in control. They belong to you way before they belong to me. God, if there's anybody that's struggling in that way, God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. God, you would help them to let go so that, God, you indeed can be their healer. In Jesus' name.